I V M. So hello and welcome to Football Should Ball, a slightly somber occasion because this is our last episode of season two, episode number thirty-eight. It's been an extended season because we've had the Euros that followed a pretty long league campaign that seemed to never end because last year's one went for a long time as well. As you can see, I am the last man standing from our original panel. My two cohorts, colleagues, comrades—you can call them what you want. I call them Gaurav and Shivram. Have decided to give this a miss. I do not know why. Maybe they're just suffering from some football fatigue. But deputizing in for both of them because we just need one to cover up for how good those two are is a friend of theirs. Is someone who knows them personally as well. So it's a bit weird that they haven't decided to show up. Maybe, maybe Vinit Kanavar. You have something on both. Sapre and Shiva that they don't want the public to hear. I I think so. I think they're trying to hide um, hide behind what I already know, or maybe they're like, oh no, we know him. We don't want to be here. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a big miss to not have either of them here. Um, I enjoy having conversations with both of them, whether it's about football or gen- life generally. And yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Wonderful show that you guys do, and this wonderful sport that we all love. Uh, glad to be here. All right, so Vinit, you're also a podcaster. You host a podcast on the IVM network as well. A little more about that: storytellers and story sellers. Yeah, as as the name suggests, it's that is um, an outstanding about... name, an outstanding name. Thank I mean, you so much. Fo- fo- football, football sounds sounds trash compared to what you have as the name of your podcast. It's certainly not trash, and and you got you guys have your branding game on point uh, with the press <laughs> logo and everything. Um, but yeah, this this is nice, right? A, a mutually admiring podcast society. That's what we need. A maps. Um, but yeah, uh, my show. I do storytellers and story sellers. I am a lifelong student of entertainment, whether it's mm-hmm. the creative aspects of it or the business aspects of it. Um, I've spent entire career doing content what we now call content. And I thought there should be a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes. Um, so I've been doing this show for about two years now. Um, started out as a two-guest show where you would sit down and talk about how to make a web series or how to do drone shooting or what what does Netflix think content should be like, what inclusivity is. Um, and over time, uh, we've done about now 75 episodes or so. Um, yep. Love talking about entertainment. Love talking to pe- smart people, telling a story about what they hope to entertain people with, and that's what storytellers and story sellers is all about. If someone was just getting introduced to your podcast, Vinit, which is the one episode you would ask them to start with? Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough question, uh, Karthik. I would say uh, start with uh, right the first episode. It's a fantastic first episode. I, I love it myself. It's the, it's got the writer of uh, Ye Meri Family, um, Saurabh Khanna, mm-hmm. and uh, Tarun Tripathi, like who's like a legend in branded content. Uh, sit down and talk about how to make branded web series and what the revolution, OTT revolution is all about. So that's that's a really, really fun episode. Um, you should listen to the episode we did last month with uh, Alize Khan, who is a 
ट्रांसजेंडर स्टोरी टेलर फ्रॉम द हिजरा कम्युनिटी वेन शी टॉक्स अबाउट रिक्लेमिंग दो स्पेसिस एंड रिक्लेमिंग ऑथेंटिक रिप्रेजेंटेशन फॉर हिजराज ऑन स्क्रीन एंड आई एम जस्ट गोइंग टू थ्रो इन a third one for fun um, is an episode that should come out in a couple of weeks time where uh, Ashim Mathur from Dolby talks about the importance of sound design and how Dolby is just taking so many rapid steps um, and now you can create Dolby audio for your podcast um, so yeah i mean some of the episodes you asked for for one i gave you three that's just how generous i am but yeah. <laughs> if 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 you need to choose which podcast to listen to right listener this football should ball here there's storytellers and story sellers there look at the host of football football he's sitting in what looks like an under construction site it is an under construction site i'm not going to get into the whole story beyond that because i've been doing it for the past four episodes whereas vinit is sitting in front of a fancy bookshelf some lovely paintings in the background <laughs> so take your pick yeah i mean there, there is one way you're going to get guaranteed quality but do come to football football as well we have a lot of time a lot of fun on 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 here as well vinit will take a quick break we'll come back with the european championships that were won by italy so welcome back to episode 38 season 2 of football should ball our season finale we're calling this mehman because we have a guest vinit kanabar from storytellers and story sellers vinit you're a big football fan i'm sure you were late nights were watching the european championships a who were you supporting b did they win and uh, c it's not coming home it's not coming home at all but i'm i'm just glad it's over so that i can oh. go to sleep at at a regular time and wake up not bleary eyed for meetings uh, but yeah i was i mean i'm every major tournament i try and support the dutch uh, i don't know why it's something that i i think my dad and i share that passion for the dutch um it was surprise to see them sail through the group stages with nine points but that dream came to an end um i guess that's what happens when you peg all your hopes on memphis depay uh, we should have learned from <laughs> from my club but uh, that it is what it is uh, then my loyalty shifted to the belgians i was like maybe this is mm-hmm. the year uh, you know red devils red devils i'm a united fan so i thought hey let's let's do this and that dream uh was over pretty soon uh, as well um and finally i was just pretty supporting the the british right i i mean i know it's going to be like it's coming home for forever but <laughs> uh, i just give it to them it's been so long they've been just waiting for it they do inko khatam karte hain aage badhenge we'll move on with our lives but that didn't happen either right the italians um nicked it pretty much it it was insane that that penalty shootout uh, but yeah that that's that's who i was supporting and that was uh, my disappointment to see both rashford and sancho freshly minted mm-hmm. united wingers come on and miss penalties uh, yeah that was sad to see having said that from from a club level particularly for you shaw and maguire both had their games and shaw yeah. especially a absolutely brilliant tournament take that jose mourinho i'll tell you what i was supporting italy from the start listeners of this podcast will know that i wanted italy to win they did win that was a fantastic sunday for me and we'll get to messi in a bit but argentina won that morning and i'm a big novak djokovic fan he came in and he was going to win like that that was probably the most expected result of 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 It the was. evening so he 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 did end up winning and then italy after luke shaw scored very early on and wembley was bouncing a they had more people than they should have inside the ground but it was still mm-hmm. bouncing and almost coming out of his foundation seats for the first i felt 30 35 maybe 40 minutes maybe even the first half um, england were were the better side at least at least they kept italy at bay 
did you feel a sense then that this is destiny? England, uh, Harry Kane is going to lift lift the trophy. Southgate's going to banish all those memories from '96 and that penalty shootout. Uh, they they weren't convincing, were they? Mm, it, no. it was never convincing. It was never put beyond doubt, right? Um, I think Southgate has been fantastic. Um, as a manager, as a tactician, off and on, I mean, he got the results on the board for sure. In the final, I don't think he did as well as you'd expect him to, right? Like, Mason Mount was anonymous, let's face it. Um, yeah. He hardly put a foot right. And when I saw him take off Declan Rice, put on Jordan Henderson, that just felt like a very um, passive uh, move in a world, in a, mm-hmm. in a Euro final. Um I would have preferred a more positive score another goal, put it to bed sort of move with Grealish coming on for Mount. Um, but that's just me, right? I, they didn't give me the job, so I'm, I'm guessing uh, <laughs> my opinion doesn't count. But but yeah, I, I felt like it never was beyond doubt. They they didn't do that, and and when you don't do that in, in big games, especially when you have a lead as early in the as in the third minute, and what a goal mm. it was, right? Luke Shaw's mm. like redemptive moment. Um, you always have, you know. It's, it's 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 Italians. It's not like you're playing the uh, 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 second-rate European side, right? These are these are the Italians, the famed Italians with the closed door, with the baldies at the back. It's insane, right? And they just let it uh, let it slip. I think that that's where um, it turned, right? And that second half was dreadful. Then those decisions oh, after. Awful. Awful. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, yeah. I, you're right. You know, I mean, I, there was a point where I thought, okay, England may just take this, but they were. And you do not let Italy in the game that way, especially with Kiesa running at them in the way that he was. I mean, what a great yeah. talent. What a great talent. I, I remember starting following him from his Fiorentina days when he got in move to Juve. I was a bit skeptical, as, as you generally are, when, when Juve snaps up the best Italian player there is, or at least the best Italian talent with potential that there is. He didn't have a great first half of the season. In March and April, he really came good. He was probably the best Juventus player in the run-in when they finally seen Champions League qualification. And I'm great. I'm damn happy that this is a coming out moment for him. Bonucci, of course, got the equaliser. This is, I think, his his first goal of the tournament. I think he had one disallowed previously. He scored a penalty as well. You were talking about changes, about the changes that Southgate made. Now, a lot, I've heard a lot of commentators say that there is nothing wrong in bringing on players just for penalty kicks. I, 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 I don't, I do not buy that. I do not buy Rashford and Sancho. Rashford and Sancho are good enough to come in at least with 15 minutes to go. They are proper, proper, proper players. I, you may lose your shape. I get that. But that's on you. That's on the manager to figure that out. If you want them for penalties, you get them to play a bit. Because Sancho didn't touch the ball. Rashford was playing at right back. And he touched it maybe once or maybe twice. I don't. I mean, I don't blame them for missing the penalties, but you're not giving them the best chance to score when you're not even let them have a touch of the ball or the feel of Wembley or the feel of the ground and their teammates and the atmosphere that's going around. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I mean, unless you're, we're missing some sense in a very postmodern football strategy tactic no, way. But, that... but, but what are we missing? I, I get it when goalkeepers sometimes, like Tim Krul, you you'll know that the Dutch Louis van Gaal yeah. was famous famous for bringing on Tim Krul. Maybe it works with the keeper. The keeper is supposed to be a star of the penalty, unless your name is Jorginho. I do not know in outfield players how that how that happens. If Jadon Sancho's first kick of the game comes in the most pressure moment of his career so far, 
it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, I think it's super negative. It's also very reductive of their football talents. I mean, this is mm. two twenty. I mean, two guys who have what goal contributions, which are thirty plus for the season. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you won't give them fifteen minutes in in what is the biggest game of their lives. Uh, fifteen minutes, right? That's what we're asking. We're not even saying regulation time. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was a very negative move. It's hey man, no one is saying they took great penalties. Right, they were really shit penalties. All three of them. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you have young uh, British talent stepping forward, taking penalties. Good for them and good for the future of British football. But for that moment, um, you should definitely have played them earlier. Right? Look, look at who you have on the field. If you're just bringing them on for penalties, you have Raheem Sterling on the field. Mm. You have Jack Grealish on the field. Uh, you have, I mean, you have all of these guys who are ready and willing to take penalties, right? You can obviously beat it down to the stats and be like, okay, no, uh, Rashford has a better, better conversion rate or Jadon Sancho scored all the penalties he's ever taken. But you had Bukayo Saka taking your fifth penalty. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. Right? yeah. This guy's never taken a penalty for club or country. Correct. Right. So, something went wrong. So, at two levels. Number one, they should definitely have got at least 15-20 minutes. Show the world what they're made of. Sancho is brilliant when he when he played against uh, Ukraine. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. when that's when Sancho mm-hmm. Ukraine. Um, he, he was brilliant. Uh, Rashford, sure, he's he's been injured, but you can always give someone with the quality of Rashford 15 minutes to play. I thought that was the first mistake, and just Bukayo Saka mm-hmm. taking the fifth penalty, especially after Jordan Pickford did the unthinkable and <laughs> brought you that lifeline. Uh, that was that was uh, my my jaw fell to the floor to see Sako, uh, Saka walk up to take the fifth penalty. It was <laughs> he, he looked he looked like he would miss and 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 he did. Uh, Italy deserve winners. They have now they won both oh, yeah. the semi final, but they won both the semi. I'm going to play devil's advocate, despite the fact that I wanted them to win. They won both the semi finals and the finals through a wire penalty shootout. I, I suppose it's even evens out because by all accounts, Spain were the better side in the semi-final and Italy were the better side in the final. It probably evens out. The best side of the tournament because I there is some part of me now two days out from where we are or three days out from the tournament that feels that there is no one dominant team. I think France, French players will be kicking themselves because they they seem to be the only side that can put out a squad of 26 Plus, have maybe another 20 players there who may fit into quite a few other squads. But that's the beauty of like yeah. short, compressed tournament football, right? It's yeah. about… This, this is not uh, Manchester United in the 90s and, and that you just give them the title, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think there, there was a time when there was a lot of… Uh, we're not going to do that. Forget United. <laughs> um, what I was saying… <laughs> It just takes a second, man. It's it's why United fans are United fans. It just takes a second. <laughs> but um, I mean, that's the beauty of tournament football, right? Like a short, compressed football tournament is about how well the players have really stood by each other, right? Um, it's not neither. You don't get that in in the FA Cup or the the usual mm. spread out cup football, right? Sure, you have knockout matches happening every uh, three weeks or so, but that's not the same. When you have a group of players pulling in the same direction um, for a tournament, for a country involved, right? It's it's about who really brings it consistently for seven or eight games, which is a really tough thing to do when you think about it, right? Um, I, I mean, look at Denmark, for example, where they got... Uh, 
and that's on the back of phenomenal team spirit right mm. and that's where football really goes to show that the team that is the team that is the best through the tournament will will take it right you might have uh, ronaldo and bruno fernandes and uh, diego jota and uh, what's that little guy's name uh, everyone in the same squad uh, but but you're not going to make it past the, the the round of 16 and and that's that's what happened to the group of death right all of those teams uh, got, got out, out yeah. and got knocked out right so i think yeah. italians absolutely deserved winners stuck stuck by each other especially after the spinazzola uh, injury you could see mm-hmm. it on on uh, how they wanted to you know win it for him as well they, he was the first guy to walk up uh, the podium uh, as well so yeah i think on merit italians deserved winners yeah so, Vinita and I are not going to get into well, probably the events of Wembley because I think we're both in Bombay or at least we're bo- both in India. And there is enough content out there about what happened. You can go watch, read and make up your own judgments. It was not a good look for England, especially if they're bidding for the 2030 World Cup. I think they're bidding for that, that World Cup. Anyway, Vinita, let's talk about the tournament overall. Uh, maybe one defining memory. From the tournament, what's what, it, it? It could be good, bad. It could be ugly. It could be Christian Eriksen's recovery, for example, or Patrick Schick's goal. But if when when you will think of Euro twenty twenty, which took place in twenty twenty one, in twenty twenty two, what will you look back on most memorably? I think. I mean, there are lots of memorable moments, right? Uh, from the ridiculous number of own goals that have happened <laughs> to. Uh, to the one and only uh, direct free kick goal, which was a shocker at that time. And, and just generally great football skill, right? Patrick Schick um, with that goal. Uh, uh, Luka Modric with his uh, outside. Oh, that of, was, oh, that was right. orgasmic. Yeah. Right. So, But I think I'll remember this uh, tournament and this football, generally the feeling that it left me with as the time when football sort of came out and said, hey, I'm going to shoulder some social responsibility here. Mm. Um, mm. Whether it was about Harry Kane and and everyone else taking I mean taking the knee or wearing the rainbow armband or um, the Allianz Arena petitioning to to light up in rainbow colors uh, or the entire spirit of England thing that's that's really gotten into everyone and how they're looking at it as a hey we're a team um, or, or the Italians for that matter right I think that that's what I'll remember out of Euro 2020 it's in in theory, it sounds like a nightmare, right? I mean, you're talking 11 cities. It's supposed to be 12, 11 cities in the middle or sure at the fag end of a pandemic in, in Europe. Organizing it seems like the stupidest thing to do right out, out the gate. But I think it galvanized uh, some social responsibility from football, right? And that's, I'll, I'll remember it for for that, right? Um, in a big way. I think that's that's big for uh, for football to finally, in a, in its own sort of little bit way, say, hey, I've got some social responsibility. Why am I why am I being pessimistic then? This is exactly like you said, this is football. I don't one month later, we're going to go back oh, yeah. to reality. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I don't I don't maybe maybe I'm just being very, very pessimistic about it, but I oh, once the club season no, no, starts. Absolutely I, right. Yeah. Yeah. That anyway, I, it is it's a sport that we enjoy that we can't let 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 go of. I'll, I'll move it back onto the field, and I think for me that that one image that stands out, and you mentioned him before. It it's that Jorginho's penalty, the winning penalty versus Spain. I think this tournament has had a lot of penalty shootouts, so I would like to say that it's maybe defined by it. And the way he hit it past uh, Unai Simon, all Simon could do was clap. Like 
that, yeah. that, that's all yeah. he could do. I thought it will happen again during the final and then Jorginho for Ballon d'Or is an absolute certainty. Pickford has probably saved a lot of hate from a lot of people. But but I thought that that, that moment was was absolutely special. Uh, tell me one thing. I was talking to our producer Surohini before, before we came on here and you said that you've managed to get some sleep finally the tournament is over. I'll tell you what, on Monday, I I didn't know what to do because I'm not used to sleeping. Before before right. two a.m. I'm sure then it like ten thirty eleven. Okay, you automatically switch on Sony, and maybe the pre-show is coming on, or you read some previews. I I I was lost on 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 Monday night, and I I still do feel lost. I'm glad in a way there's thirty more days before we have to do this podcast again before we have to get back into football again. But what what did you do on Monday night, or was it just a working day? It was a working day. Uh, I watched MasterChef and I read a, a lot of The Athletic. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what kept me going. Um, I love just going to The Athletic yes. or, or F365 and spending a lot of time. F365 is not that great anymore. Uh, I think a lot of the good talent is at The Athletic. So I read a, read a fair bit, man. I, I got my fix that way. Um, I was just really uh, relieved to be not passed out on the couch at like, <laughs> Passed out at twelve thirty, so like twelve forty five. You're like half. Oh, I have to keep away. Yeah. And, so and, just have, and if every match that. goes into extra time and penalties, it's like four o'clock before you get to shut eye. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the symptom for me was yeah, England scored the third goal. I'm going. I don't. I don't, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> I have to go sleep. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I, it's been a while since we've had the Euros. Uh, it's been a pretty enjoyable tournament. The next one comes around in 24. I do not know where it is. The next tournament for us is the World Cup in Qatar. So is Dutch, is Dutch like a common theme for you? Because th- this is one thing. I've had discussions with a lot of people with. So for me, Mary Dusri country has always been a different one in each tournament. Like it started with right. Brazil in 2002. And then each time I like to pick, like it was Croatia, luckily for me in 2018. Like that was, that was a pretty cool pick. This time I, Italy. But I, is it only orange for you? Is, is Daniel Dumfries on your wall on a poster right now? If, oh, if yeah. he comes to United, he will be. He will be on oh, yeah. its wall. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I think he's he's a phenomenal talent, man. Yeah. Uh, Dumfries and Jeremy Doku, I think, have been have taken the stage in the biggest way, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I try supporting the Dutch. Uh, to I mean, throwback to total football, throwback to Van Basten, um, even the 2010 final that way, right? So it's pretty recent. I I, I today. So there is this podcast on on it's an athletic podcast. It's there everywhere, including Spotify and everywhere. It's called Euro Stories. So t- today I reached the 2008 edition of Euro Stories, and in the group stages, Netherlands were playing the two finalists of the World Cup before. So they had right. Netherlands, they had France, they had Italy. The first match, I think Netherlands beat France like four one. In the second match, Netherlands beat Italy like four nil or three one or something like that. And that was with Van Persie, Schneider, Nistel Roy, Robin coming off the bench, Van der Vaart. That's what I mean, oh, what brilliant. a side, right? Yeah. What a side. Uh, yeah, when you say twenty twenty, it just reminded me of that. I was just listening to that today. Special, special, special team. And that I was, I don't remember the two thousand eight Euros, but I was shocked they didn't win there. But maybe that damn Spain, like there, they were. I, I don't think they did they qualify 2008 Euros were they there? Yeah, yeah, they, oh, they must yeah. have been there. The, the Euros, you're talking about the Euros. Yeah, Sorry. Euros. World the, Cup, they yeah. didn't fall. Yeah, World Cup, yeah. 2006 yeah. World Cup, they didn't make it, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, man, what a sight, right? What a sight. Um, and all you remember them for is Nigel DeHong's karate kick. That's, that's what you remember them for. <laughs> Poor Zabi uh, Alonso. Yeah, right. that, 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 that would have hurt. All right, so that, that was the Euros from us, from beneath, from I. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with some Lionel Messi. Anyway, so welcome back to Football Shootball. This is the last segment on the last episode of our season finale. Vineet, Lionel Messi is an international champion. I mean, I know he's won the Olympics. I know he's won the Under-21 World Cup or something. But this is his first, as they say, in the Western world and the Western media. First major international trophy. I'm not even sure if they count the Copa America as major. But, but, but yeah, it has, it has to work for him. So where, where do you stand, A, on Messi v Ronaldo? Or is it just both loving for both of them for you? I mean, I do have a lot of love for uh, for Lionel Messi. I, mm. I'm a big Ronaldo fan, but then he had those rape allegations. And when those happen, mm-hmm. you're just like, mm-hmm, gives you a second thought. On the field, I mean, sporting merit, I think uh, there's, there's nothing between them. They mean different things uh, for the sport. Um, I don't think one is greater than the other. Messi has... Has obviously more fans in that sense because he seems to be the nicer guy. But I'm I'm chuffed for the guy, man. I think no yeah. one deserves it as much as as he does. Um, I felt a lot of relief for Ronaldo when he won uh, the Euros a, a few years ago, and mm-hmm. and I think the Copa America win was the first time you saw Messi be so human with his mm. reactions on the field and him on the. I I mean, I mean, remember watching that clip of him talking to someone on the on the video call and being. Out there, so yeah, tough for the guy, man. Great, of, of course. Is he going to be uh, number one in the greatest of all time list for sure? Um, maybe shading Ronaldo just a little bit. Now he has more of a claim. It's not an individual claim anymore. That mm. oh, he has more Ballon d'Ors. Now it's more like, hey, you've sort of kind of won everything on an even keel and gives extra spice to the next World Cup. I would say it's um, one last hurrah for both of them if they can make it uh, stay fit. Have the same level. So, you're, you're, you're not yet tired with this narrative of it's going to be Messi versus Ronaldo once again. You still yeah, want excellent. that one more. Yeah, they're, they're. Yeah, excellent, <laughs> man. I mean, like, yeah. I, w- I would say, you would tire of it if, if Ronaldo's form had tapered off, and, it, and which it did, right? For a year or so, he was not mm-hmm. that great when he just moved to Juve. Uh, but he's brought it back, man. Um, sure, it, it, it'll die its own death I guess that's what's going to happen you'll have the Mbappe um, Haaland maybe Rashford in that mix up there and we'll talk about them very soon but no I'm, I, I, I'll give it till the next World Cup for Messi v Ronaldo yeah, yeah that, 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 that would be a lot of fun I loved it like you mentioned I loved when it, the final whistle went every single Argentinian player they were they just ran to Lionel Messi. I mean, it seems like he's he's he's, he's well liked within within that that group. So why we're calling this episode Mehman is because we have a guest on the show. B is because both the host countries of the Euros and Copa America were very accommodating to their guests. Maybe the behavior wasn't at the best, but England decided to lose the final against uh, Italy, and host Brazil decided to lose the final against Argentina. Vineet, I hope I have been more accommodating than England have been behavior-wise, at least on this podcast. On your first appearance on Football Should Ball, I'm sure it's not going to be your last. 
I, I had a blast, man. I've been uh, itching to get on for a while. And shout out to Vishal, uh, the guy who produces Storytellers and Storytellers for making this happen. I had a blast talking about football, man. It's so much fun. Yeah, and probably during the league season, there'll be a lot more to talk about. And then, then I will hold you accountable to your claim because you just put Rashford in the same sentence as Mbappe and Holland. I noticed it. I let it slide for once. But, uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. There was, a, there was a question mark there. There was, there was like, <laughs> maybe if he stays fit, you know. I mean, it, I, it, aren't you glad I said Rashford and not Martial? Though? Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. You never know what happens. So, what's next for storytellers and story sellers? You said you have a upcoming podcast in a couple of weeks. So, do you do, you do this like on a regular basis? Or how does it work so that our listeners can go and check it out? It comes out every week on Thursdays. Uh, mm-hmm. I have uh, either one guest or two guests talking about uh, entertainment and stuff that they do. Um, up next, we've got a couple of episodes coming out like I, like I said there's one about Dolby uh, we just did an episode with Alize uh, we also dro- just dropped an episode with Sunita Rao which was like a childhood dream come true talking to her about her journey in, in indie music um, I'm planning an episode coming out with Convict with his sort of viral song Convict's Closer so so bunch of things coming up in, in music um, and when it's September, I'm planning to do like a podcaster month on storytellers and story sellers. So mm-hmm. have uh, podcasters one or two on on each episode, and I'm going to hit you up on that one uh, to talk Done about deal. journeys. So, but but has, has any of your episodes so far had any sort of sport bent to it, or is that something that you will start exploring from now on? I've done a bunch of episodes uh, around mm-hmm. sports, mostly around um, tangential to the act of playing sports. So right. I've talked to uh, guys like Siddharth Raman who uh, who runs this company that does a lot of the IPL content production yeah. and what it's like working in the bubble and, and stuff like that. I've talked to uh, guys who do a lot of sports marketing, sports branding. Um, so because it's a business of entertainment sort of podcast, mm-hmm. I take sort of that way into it, right? But but lot, lots more on uh, sports as well. I want to talk about um, gaming in a big way, esports. That's something that I'm uh, planning to focus on in some of the upcoming episodes. So yeah, watch out for that. All right. So can't 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 wait. And now in your day job, uh, Vineet, how do people reach out to? How do people apply to Spotify for a job? And I'm not asking this for anyone in particular. If people, <laughs> I, I'm going to phrase that a bit differently. If people want to reach out to Vineet Karamar, how do they do that on social media? <laughs> um, don't reach out to me for a job at Spotify. <laughs> I don't have jobs to give out at Spotify. Uh, but we do have a career page um, where we keep posting opportunities and, and do mm. check those out. We are... I mean, Spotify I, I, is I'll, I'll, I'll do right? Shivram a favor here as well. Go go on LinkedIn and check it out. Spotify is there as well. That's so, the one. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Shivram, man. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and on my socials, I am Ascharya Fuck It. Um, that's A S H C H A, Ascharya as in stunned and fuck it as in. So, it's a play on Ascharya Chuck It. Mm-hmm. Let me explain that joke. Um, <laughs> And and that's how you can reach me. Uh, excellent. This is this has been a blast. It's it's been a rather short podcast simply because a there's only the two of us. The rest of my 
colleagues have completely ditched us. But I think it's been short, succinct and a lot of fun for 30 minutes. We covered the Euros. We covered a little bit of the Copa America. And now we know that Vineet is a Manchester United fan and we're going to hold him accountable to whatever Marcus Rashford does in the upcoming season. Vineet, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And for the rest of you, we're going to take a short break because the Premier League season, I think, is around 30 days away. I, I don't even know. And quite frankly, at this moment in time, eh, it's good to have a break from football. Ciao. So if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media handles. We are at IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm Fickleberry Hun on Twitter and Instagram. That's Huckleberry Finn, but Fickle. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I am Sapre on Twitter and G Sapre on Instagram. You can reach out to me at Irant, which is I Y E R A N T, on Twitter and Instagram. This is football. Should ball recognize? Football.